Hey, hey, y'all. If you want to head to our website to check out all the different things Pizzazz offers, then just head to pizzazzart.com. That's P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. You will see our online memberships. We've got kids club memberships, our lettering club membership, our one project a month membership. We call that paint and praise. You will see some freebies that we've got there for you. And you'll see our local classes if you're local. So head to the website, check it out, pizzazzart.com, P-Z-A-Z-Z-A-R-T.com. Hey, hey y'all, this is Casey Hope with the Here's Hope podcast. And today I'm going to be answering a question uh, that was on my Facebook page. I made a quick little post just saying, hey, if you and me could grab a cup of coffee and you could ask me anything, what would it be? And there was one question that seemed to repeat itself over and over. Pam Vance said, how do you juggle your busy life? Catherine Lay asked, how do you prevent burnout? Monica Cochran said, how do you balance everything with work, family, church? Angela Baker said, I always just wonder how in the world you juggle it all. And so I saw this question come up again and again, and I thought, okay, we're going to tackle this because for one, there's some misconception that I juggle it all. (laughs) And two, I think this is just a, a common problem that all of us have, especially us women. I feel like Oftentimes, we feel like we do have to do it all and juggle it all and be all things to all people. Be, you know, a good mama, a good wife, a good friend, a good worker, a good business leader, a good, you know, we feel like we are pulled in a million directions. And I feel like this is not just in one season of life. I feel like it shows up over and over again, no matter what season of life you're in. When you're a young mom, you are juggling how in the world to, you know, feed your baby and clean these clothes and make time for trying to do something to contribute to their education. I remember trying to feed my kids and saying ABCs as I was spoon feeding baby food, thinking that something was going to, you know, (laughs) absorb into that little mind. But, you know, constantly thinking of all the things that you want to do for your kids, but then also thinking, hey, I need some friend time. How can I work in some friend time? And I want to serve at the church or in an organization, but how am I going to work that? And me and my husband need a date night. When are we going to get that? You know, and so there's all these different areas of your life in that young mom season. And then kind of where I'm at right now, I've got, you know, a little bit older teenagers, almost teenagers, one teenager and one almost teenager. And it's a whole different ball game of trying to juggle things. Now it is, okay, let's get the big calendar out and figure out where everybody is going. Because we got ball practice over here and gymnastics practice over here and volleyball practice here. And here's a tournament and there's a game. And also we've got things with church. And also I've got things and meetings and places that I'm going to go to and workshops and just all the stuff. You know, there's so many things to juggle. And then I know a lot of you are in kind of the caretaking season of life where either you are taking care of a spouse or aging parent, and there's a whole other realm of stuff to juggle from doctor's appointments to, you know, lining up when they take their medicine and lining up when you think you're going to eat, when you're going to grocery shop for your own self and for them. And again, trying to invest in your own relationships with friends and spouses and things. And so it's just this constant juggle this constant need to feel like how in the world are we going to do it all and so when I saw this question come up I thought let's just tackle that head on (laughs) okay 
So here is the answer. Here's the thing. We don't do it all. <laughs> That's it. We do not do it all. I hope I never give off the impression that I'm doing it all because I'm absolutely not. But I do think that our culture like puts that pressure on us to feel like we have to. I will tell you a story of whenever I was in college and I was working at Seaside, so in a little beach community on 30A, and I was working at a kid's shop. It was called Four Kids at the time. This was like in the year 2000, so this was a while back. And, you know, one of the ladies came in. I didn't know her other than she was coming in to buy clothes at this kid's shop. The place that I worked was known for the place to go if you needed a babysitter. I don't really know how it got that reputation, but I guess because they just hired, you know, the shop hired us and then other people came to us for babysitters, even though they didn't know us. And so there was a family that had hired me to come babysit. And I was like, sure, you know, I'll come after after work. I'll be there. And I was used to, you know, like babysitters get paid a lot nowadays. But back then, I remember we would get paid like $3 an hour. And, you know, that people would only want us for when they were leaving and when, like if they're going to work or if they're going out on a date, they'd hire the babysitter. I'd come over. I would do something for two hours, three hours. And then when they got home, I would leave. That's how I was used to babysitting. I was used to babysitting whenever the parents were gone. Well, I came to this lady that had a beach house and came into the the four kids area that I worked and hired me to come babysit. And so I was expecting it to be the same way to where, you know, okay, y'all must be going somewhere. So here I come to babysit. But that was not it. Like I was hanging out and getting to know the kids and they were there for like an hour. And I thought maybe they're just trying to get to know me before they leave. And then it was like two hours later and then like three hours later. And, and I was thinking, they're not leaving. Why are they not leaving? You know, it was in the middle of the day, but I just thought that may, they might have to do something. And then, you know, I went out to the beach and played with the kids and came back inside with the kids and did a few more things. And then it kind of hit me like, oh, they're not going to leave. They didn't hire me to like stay while they left. They just hired me for an extra hand. Like they just wanted an extra hand around the house with the kids. Okay. And I started to get it. And then I noticed there were other people that would, you know, would work in the house for them. You know, some would help to to clean the house. Some would help with dinners that they would have. Sometimes people would, you know, come to them to wash their cars in the driveway. And I'm just starting noticing all this. And they had a whole lot of help. And I saw how that blessed their life. And it blessed my life a lot because I was happy to have work. But I started to form this false narrative that, oh, that's what rich people do. You know, that's that's rich people, you know, they get help, you know, and there, there was this false narrative that that was this special thing that only the super rich people could do was to have help. And I'll tell you, that false narrative was turned on its head a few years later whenever I went to India. And I've told you all the story about me and my husband going to India with rice bowls, you know, traveling down there to do art camps and all the things with some of the homes there. And we were with uh, just an amazing couple, Retina and Aprafa, and they invited us to, to their home. They lived in India, but they were Christians and they were the most sacrificial Christians. Like they just lived their life in a way that I was like, wow, like I f it made me feel like, man, us Christians in America, we just go to church. You know what I mean? They were like living out what the Bible told you to do day in and day out. And I just admired them so much. They built their house intentionally in the middle of the slums so they could minister to people in that neighborhood. They had a ministry for widows. They had taken some orphans in and kind of created a, a small 
what you would call an orphanage is very small, but taking care of that, just doing what the Bible says on taking care of the widows and the orphans and training disciples. And, and they were just so intentional about the way they lived. They were not super rich, but they were not in the financial means anyway. They were super rich in spiritual blessings and abundance. But what I noticed when I was downstairs, we stayed with them for a couple of nights and I just loved being in their home. I was downstairs and Retina was making coffee and teaching some of our people that were with us how she makes coffee. They were studying it because it was a little bit different. And no, I think she was teaching how to make chai because that was so good. And so anyway, she was over there at the stove teaching that. And then I noticed this young girl came in, probably, I would guess, maybe 16, 17. And then she started helping her in the kitchen. And I thought, where'd that girl come from? And then I realized that's her help. She needed help to run her home and she had help in the kitchen. And I thought, man, why in America do we not do this? <laughs> why do we not get help? Like there is nothing shameful. There is nothing pious and high in the sky about needing help. I really think it's just, I think, I think we were made to be in community. I think we thrive best. I think it blesses us and blesses other when we allow them to help us. I think we work best in community. And I think all of us need to, especially in America, need to let go of the false narrative that we have to do it all and that we can't get help. I know a lot of times we think, you know, oh, well, I need it, but I can't afford it. I think you can get creative on how you get help. And I don't think it always has to be, you know, paid help, but it absolutely can be. Uh, there is nothing wrong with that. But I think, you know, we have got to open our minds to like, hey, who can help us out a little bit more in this situation, in this situation, because we can't do it all. We absolutely cannot do it all. I slowly over the years, one by one, especially in our business, I, you know, I started out by thinking I was going to do it all. And man, I held on to that way too long, y'all. I got to the point of burnout because I was holding on and not burnt out of not liking what I did, but burnt out of, I don't have the energy to do this anymore because I was trying to do everything inside of our business. Back in the early days, I remember you know, I would design every picture, teach every class, take pictures of every picture, put it on the website, manage the website, answer every single phone call, answer every single email, do all of the marketing and different ways that we would do marketing back then. I remember on the night before, you know, when we were about to release a new calendar, I remember going to the computer and having to upload every single picture into the computer and then putting in every single time slot that it was going to be and putting in all the, the description of everything. And I was just like, oh, this takes forever. <laughs> I don't like doing all this. Over time, all those little things that take me a long time, I started realizing there are people that can do this so much better than me, quicker than me, and they actually like doing it. There are things that are in my skill set that I really don't like doing that other people really do like doing. So, hey, why not get help from people who like doing the things that I don't like doing? <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? And that's the same in your little world, too. There are people who like doing those things that seem really hard for you, that seem like, man, it takes me five hours to do, to clean my house. I bet there's other people that could come in here and do it in two or three hours and I could be going grocery shopping during that time, you know, kill two birds with one stone. Um, that's just one example. 
But you know, it took me a lot of years in the business, getting back to the business. I was doing everything myself, 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 myself. And I remember, I think I've told this story before too. Haley is one of our, she was not our first employee, but she was one of our first that we really invested in a lot of time and training up from a helper to a teacher to the studio manager. But when she first came to the studio asking if we were hiring, I had a class of 40 people that I was teaching that night. And I literally told her I didn't need any help. You know, 40 people doesn't sound like a whole lot, but you do kind of need an extra hand when you're teaching 40 people how to do art with just to walk around and squirt out paint. And yet my mindset was, no, I don't need any help. And I, I remember saying, I mean, you can come tonight if you want to. It is a big class, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but over time, I have realized like, oh, yes, I do need help. And look how much it blesses me and blesses others when I allow them to help me. So for all of you that are asking you, how do you juggle it all? How do you juggle it all? The big answer is I don't. We've got a whole team of people here at the studio. We have people that help us at the home. We, we have help all the way around. If you look at our business now, you know, Leslie, she's the one answering emails and getting back to you and doing a lot of the back end stuff and updating our website and a lot of admin stuff. Leslie does it. And man, she's amazing at it. She is so much better than I ever thought about being. I remember the first time that she pulled up a, a spreadsheet of some different things within our business. And I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know how to start doing that. And it was just really good information to have at our fingertips that she knew how to do all of that. Again, that is her gifting or one of her giftings. She's got a lot of giftings. And then we've got Kaylee, who manages all of our shipping and our marketing and product development. And again, there are so many things that she can just whip out and do with marketing. She can, you know, make little fun images in a real quick second. She's like, oh, here you go. Here's some fun images. And she just, she's got a, a skill set that I'm so thankful for and that is so helpful to, to how this business runs. We got Jessica, who's making sure that everything is taken care of at the studio, everything Thing from lining up teachers to put, getting sure that we've got classes on the calendar to ordering all the supplies, making sure they're down there, all the things there. Jessica does it. Avery teaches at the school. She goes offsite to teach, you know, field trips. She teaches in the um, in the studio. I mean, there's so many people that help this whole thing run. And then you've got Laurel and Lauren and Emma and Sarah Ann and Lily and Campbell and on and on and on and on. Okay, y'all, we have help. I do not do it all. And you should not be doing it all either. There is no shame in getting help. Now, I always like to leave you with some, some quick little takeaways. So I am going to tell you a few of my time management tips that might be helpful to you. Um, but do not just leave with that. I want you to, to leave with, hey, it's okay to get help, whether it is from your teenage daughter or son that could might pick up the slack a little bit more <laughs> or, um, you know, or, or a friend who could maybe swap out. Hey, can you keep my kids for a little bit? I'll keep your kids for a little bit. Doesn't require any other extra, you know, money. There are creative ways to get help. We all need help. But anyway, let me get to my time management tips. Just a few that might help you. So tip number one, I have a think day a, and I usually do this on Sunday and it's not all day long because, you know, we go to church in the morning. A lot of times we go to church at night. And so it's just a few hours. And we started this years ago, probably 10 years ago, whenever I, whenever we moved from our downtown studio 
to our main street or not downtown to, from our little studio to our one on main street. I was like, okay, this is when I knew that this business was um, a little bit more than a hobby and we were going to be long-term and, or we were going to try to be long-term. And I remember telling my husband, I've got to have a day just to get down there and think where nobody's talking to me to where I can think about what's coming up. I can look at the calendar. I can plan. And I remember my dad actually told me that years before he also was a business owner and he had told me, you know, make sure you have time to think. And that's really important. You got to schedule that. And so for me, that was going to be Sundays. I said, okay. So my husband knew Sunday afternoons, you keep the kids, do whatever y'all want, take a nap, whatever. I'm headed to the studio to think. Sometimes it was to create too. And I would just use that time to think about what was coming up, to plan, to put on the calendar, to look at, okay, if I want to do this on this date, how far do I need to back up, you know, everything else? And that has made a big, big difference. So if you can have a little bit of time every single week that is a think time as far as your schedule goes, your calendar goes to where you can think through what pieces need to be where, what needs to be done when, and just write it on the calendar. There is no way I could function without writing things on an actual calendar. So that's tip number one is just have a think day. Or And when I say a day, I do not mean eight hours. I just mean a consistent rhythm or routine where you set time aside, even if it's just maybe an hour or so, just to think about calendar, things that needs to be done. Write it all down. Don't let it hang out in your head. It's got to get out of your head and onto paper. And when you put everything into a spot, it feels like you can breathe. When it's all up in your head, it feels like you are stressing out and you will never get it done. But when you take it out of your head and you put it into a a slot on your calendar, you now have a plan that you can work. So tip number one is have that thing day. Tip two is the night before I review the next day. So I pull out my calendar and I look at all the things that I think need to happen the next day. Some of these I have already written on there. Some of them like, okay, something didn't get done the day before. So now I need to add it here or something has popped up. So I need to add it. So I have a I have a two-column notebook or a two-column calendar. One side is uh, I just brain dump, and the other side has every time slot. It has 8 o'clock with a dash, 9 o'clock with a dash. So everything in that brain dump column, I start moving over into an exact time. So I map out my day hour by hour the night before. Now, sometimes I have not done it the night before and I try to do it the day of and it's never as good when I'm doing it the day of. For me, it just is not because what happens is I wake up and I don't have as much time to think about it and I jot a few things down and then something else kind of interferes and this plan that usually I like to work is now like just life is taking over me instead of me working my plan, you know? And so doing it the night before is super helpful for me and it might be for you too. And then last tip is I look at this brain dump of stuff I've got to get done. And then I think, who can help me? <laughs> okay, I actually do. Is there anything on this list that somebody else can help me with? Is there anything on this list that Kaylee might could do? Or Jessica might could do? Or my husband might could do? Or my daughter might can do? Is there anything on this list that I can get help with? Because remember... I don't have to do it all and neither do you. 
All right, y'all, that's it for today. I hope you have been able to take a nugget from today. I hope you, I hope you feel the absolute relief of you don't have to do it all. And I hope you can take at least a little something from what we talked about today to apply it to your own life, to just get a little bit of freedom, to get a little bit of help in some area of your life, because I promise it blesses you and it blesses other people too. So that's it, y'all. See ya, see ya. Thank y'all so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you would share this with a friend. That is how we are going to get the word out that this even exists. So share this with a friend, share it on social media, and be sure to subscribe so you will get notified when a new podcast releases every single Monday. Thank y'all.